بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد ونسلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ ٹوڈے از دا ٹوینٹی سیکنڈ آف جنوری ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری session that we're going through the commentary of Surah Al-Anbiya and I've reached verse 107 so inshallah today going through verse 107 and verse 108 so verse 107 Bismillahirrahmanirrahim we have not sent you sallallahu alayhi wa but as a mercy for all the realms So this is one of the most famous verses of the glorious Qur'an in which our exalted Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions one of his, our beloved messengers, blessed titles. And that is Rahmatan Lil Alameen, the mercy for all the realms. So first, in a hadith, in Ibn Jareen and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Abdullah Ibn Abbas, he recited this verse, he explained Whoever believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the last day, mercy will then be decreed for him in this world and the hereafter. However, whoever does not believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, will then only be protected from that which happened to the nations before of earthquakes and stoning. i.e. a calamity that destroys the entire nation. So here the great Tarjaman al-Quran, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he explained the verse. So the Quran clearly says that our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is a mercy for all the realms. So one of the realms are the unbelievers. So where's the mercy for them? And ibn Abbas explained that they are protected from being annihilated. If you look at the previous nations, they were completely wiped out. Qawmi Lut, alayhi salatu wa salam. Qawmi Salih, alayhi salatu wa salam. Qawmi Nuh, alayhi salatu wa salam, etc, etc. Why are we as a whole nation not being wiped out? Because of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi salam. In fact, he made a dua for this as well, sallallahu alayhi salam. So not Ibn Abbas is highlighting, but for us, it is mercy for us in this world and also the next. And also in context, There is now no question of race or nation, of a chosen people, or the seed of Ibrahim, alayhi salatu wasalam, or the seed of Dawood, alayhi salatu wasalam, or of Hindu, Arya, Varta, of Jew or Gentile, Arab or Ajm, Turk or Tajik, European or Asiatic, white or colored, to all men and creatures, the principles universally apply. So this is the beauty of the Qur'an, the context. Allah Ta'ala in the previous verses is mentioning the errors of the previous nations. And then he mentions now that the Prophet is universal. So there's no such thing as like the Bani Israel believe, we are the chosen ones. Nor is there such thing as the white being superior to the black or vice versa. Because it is universal. So where, if not in the entire Qur'an, would you find this verse best suited? It would be here. So Allah the Almighty and Glorious says, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ 
So now, there's a report. So, first in the hadith, in a hakim in his mustadrak number 100, sahih to the criteria of Bukhari and Muslim, Zahabi sahih. Our beloved messenger, he said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, innama ana rahmatan muhdat. Verily I, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, am but a gifted mercy. Verily I, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, am a gifted mercy. So despite the immensity of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned that he was merely a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the wordings differ. In Bayhaqi, in his Dalai al-Nubu'a, volume 1, page 158, Abu Hurairah radiya that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I am that mercy which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted his creation as a gift. So note, though the wording changes slightly, the meaning is the same. And also, in Imam Ahmad, in his Musnad, Volume 5, page 257, Abu Umar radiya that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent me as a mercy and guidance for all the realms. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent me as a mercy and a guidance for all the realms. So now, when you look at this verse, Allah ta'ala is using a, a, a phrase, alameen. So alameen is sometimes translated as worlds, but you have to explain what that means. Worlds in English could mean planets, which is correct. But here it's far more than planets. It means every realm. I.e. like you say in English, the animal kingdom. So what do you mean by that? It means all the animals, the realm of the animals, the realm of uh, the oceanic kingdom. So every realm conceivable, he's a mercy too. So obviously, in terms of commentary, there's so much you can mention about this, but I'll just mention a few. So first of all, in Tabarani is Hassan, our beloved messenger, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the best of you are those who bring the most benefit to others. So this is a very famous report. So, who's the best of us? <laughs> Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Two-thirds of paradise are taken up by his ummah alone. All other nations, 123,999, share just one-third. So compare, 123,990 prophets, with all of their combined efforts, one-third of paradise is shared out between them. How did they benefit their ummah? You can work out from that. Our beloved messenger himself, two-thirds. So what did the Prophet say? The best of you are those who bring the most benefit to others. Similarly, in a hadith in Abu Dawood Tirmidhi Hassan, Imam Ahmad's Musnad, the Prophet said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not accept thanks to himself if you do not thank the creation. So how is that related to the Prophet We cannot thank the Prophet enough. How do we know that? If you look at the formula of Salat al-Nabi, Allah the Almighty and Glorious has guided us to Salat al-Nabi and He says, O you who believe, send Salat and Salam upon the Messenger. So Allah and His angels send Salat upon the Prophet, O you who believe, send Salat and Salam upon Him. 
So what does Allah Ta'ala command us to do? Through the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. Now this is strange. Why? Because the Quranic command is for you to send salat upon the Prophet. It should be usalli. Usalli ala Muhammad. Usalli Muhammad. We don't say that. Why do we say, Oh Allah, send salat upon the Prophet. Have you obeyed the Quran? So technically, no, you haven't obeyed the Quran. Allah Ta'ala is telling you to send salat upon the Prophet. Why did our beloved messenger not tell us to do it like that? Why did he say, say, Allahumma salli? Because we can't pay back enough. We have to go through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, send salat and salam upon your beloved. So from salat and nabi, we realize we can't thank him enough. We have to go through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this. So note, famous reports, both look how they are linked to our beloved messenger. Other examples of his incredible mercy. So this narration is recorded in Tirmidhi and is Hassan. And the relevant part, our beloved messenger, he comes across his companions and they were talking about the prophets. And then finally the prophet himself said, Indeed, I am Habibullah. Indeed, I am the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the hadith continues. The hadith is in Tirmidhi authentic. So how is that related to the greatness of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi Because by making that statement, he was explaining, he, nobody is more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than he. But why? Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi said, in Hakim Sahih, Ibn Hiban Sahih, there are no two persons who love each other except that the one who loves his brother more is then the more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how is this related? So you got two Muslim brothers and they love each other for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The one who loves his brother more, the Prophet said, sallallahu alayhi wa he is more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So apply that to the Prophet. That means we love him. Like the hadith says, you must love him more than your own selves. But guess what? He loves you more. <laughs> if you say that, no, I love the Prophet more, then that makes you Habibullah. <laughs> the one who is more beloved to us. It's impossible. So look how amazing. The Prophet was telling you in a very beautiful way that you must love me more than yourselves and your families and your wealth. But at the same time, in between the lines he was saying, but you cannot repay back the love that I have for you. Because I am Habibullah. Those none from the entire creation can love the Prophet more than he loves them. So forget about us. You've got to go to the greatest. So who was the greatest of men after the Prophets? Abu Bakr. And nobody loved the Prophet more than Abu Bakr. Because he was the greatest after the Prophets. And yeah, if you look at all of the things he did for the Prophet, in fact, the Prophet himself said, I've paid you all back, but I cannot pay back Abu Bakr. Allah Ta'ala will pay him back on my behalf. Despite that, Abu Bakr did not love the Prophet more than the Prophet loved him. Because he's Habibullah. So when the Quran says he's a mercy to all the realms, this opens another dimension, meaning you can't equate to his love. I've put something in his heart that cannot be equated. And this is why the companion's rank 
is unattainable. Why? How is, how is that linked? Because of the immensity of the prophetic rank. So how is it linked? The hadith is in Tabarani in his Ausat, number 8251, Behaki in his Shu'ab al-Iman, number 6624. The Prophet said, Whoever looks at his Muslim brother with love and has no enmity in his heart, then graciously the past sins of both of them are forgiven before they even turn their eyes away. Subhanallah. So what did the Prophet say? If you look at your Muslim brother with love, and there's a second condition, no enmity in your heart, meaning you don't have any envy, you are happy wherever Allah has blessed him or her with. That is such a great deed that both of your previous sins are forgiven even before you move your eyes away. So how is that linked to the Sahaba? Who was looking at them? <laughs> you know, people, Boli, Bali, Muslim, they don't even understand the status of the Sahaba. The Prophet was looking at them. So it's due to the immensity of the prophetic rank, you cannot emulate or get to the status of these souls. Why? Because if you have that just for a normal brother and your sins are forgiven, then what about the Prophets observing you? And this is why the ulama say that if the Prophet sees you, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and you die with the Iman, you are a companion. Mm. And there's very famous reports, you mentioned one, the Hadith is in Tirmidhi and Mishkat. The Prophet وسلم, said, that whoever believes me and sees me, the fire of hell is forbidden to him. Mm. Why? Because of the immensity of the prophetic rank. And conversely, in Ibn Asakr, Abu Nu'im in his Ma'rifah, Ad-Dulabi in his Al-Quna, is graded Hassan in As-Sahihah, number 456. Our beloved Messenger, وسلم, he said, The one whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not put in their heart mercy towards mankind has then perished and is certainly in great loss. The one whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not put in their heart mercy towards mankind has then perished and is certainly in great loss. So, this is now the opposite. If you don't have pity, or mercy for mankind, you have perished, the Prophet said. Think about that. So, why have I mentioned this? What is the gargantuan gain of the one? With the opposite heart of this. If a person perishes because he's got no pity or compassion for mankind, then what about the one who's the opposite? So it's the complete opposite of perish. So what's the complete opposite of perish and loss? You know, you can you know use the words in the English. That's the Prophet. Also, another part of his mercy, which the Quran is highlighting. In Ibn Majah number 2045, Behaki in his Sunan 7-356, Hakim 2-216 Sahih, graded Hassan in Sahih, Sunan Ibn Majah number 1662. Our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Verily, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has for my sake pardoned the mistakes and forgetfulness of my ummah. And in addition, for what they have done under force or duress. Subhanallah. So why are we not accountable for our mistakes? Because the Prophet said, For my sake, Allah Ta'ala has forgiven them. Why are we not accountable for forgetfulness? For my sake. 
Why are we not accountable for what we are forced to do? For my sake. Now, if it wasn't for the Prophet, what would have happened? Go to the previous Ummats. They were accountable for what they did mistakenly. They were accountable for what they forgot. And they were accountable for what they were doing during force. How much of a mercy is that? Why? Because he's rahmatan lil alameen. You know, so the verse is telling, giving you the answer. But you need to articulate what that means. No one just rattling it out. He's a mercy to everything that exists. What does that mean, brother? Right? And when you actually go to the reports, you realize, you get a glimpse into his immensity, which Allah Ta'ala has graciously blessed him with, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In another report, now think about this. This is in Mudarijin Nubu'a 2-442. His love for us is continuous. His love for us is continuous. Qutham. So who's Qutham? Qutham ibn Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib. Qutham was the cousin of the Prophet His nose resembled the Prophet. His nose of all the features resembled the Prophet So Qutham radiyallahu said, I brought my ears to the blessed mouth when Rasulullah was fatally ill. And I heard him saying, Rabbi Ummati, Rabbi Ummati. Subhanallah. So what was Qutham ibn Abbas saying? Because when Rasulullah was leaving the world, who was he thinking of? We think of ourselves. We're thinking, oh my God, I haven't done enough. Death is coming. What am I to do? Who was the Prophet thinking of? Is Rabbi Ummati. Look how touching. Because he was so weak, he couldn't say it. So Qutham, he put his ears next to the Prophet Because he was making dua for us. Rabbi Ummati. So that was at, on his deathbed. Then immediately after the curtain of death came, in Kanzul Omal 7-178, the Prophet said, After my passing, I will continue to say, Ya Rabbi Ummati, in my grave, until the time of resurrection. Subhanallah. After my passing, I will continue to say, Ya Rabbi Ummati, in my grave, until the time of resurrection. So what is he saying now? He's making dua for us. So a person goes, that means that He's always thinking of us. That's right. Are you always thinking of the Prophet? No. Because you're not Habibullah. So what does that mean? His love for this is continuous. It's unbroken. Even after the separation of death, he's making dua for us. How do we know? The Prophet said it. In my grave. So note, his love for this is immense. Why? Because the Quran is saying he's rahmatan lil alameen. In another report, it mentions, this is in Abu Nu'im in his Dala'il Nubu'a, Qawlul Badi, Tabarani in his Kabir 23-331, Ibn Asakir 4-380, Al-Haytami in Majma' Az-Zawain 8-295. Zayd ibn Arkam radiyallahu he said, Jibreel descended alayhi salatu wasalam with the message, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasalam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala conveys to you his salam. And he says, by my honor and my majesty, my mercy for your ummah is much more than that day's love for her children. Indeed, I subhanahu wa ta'ala will hand the ummah over to you 
sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the same way the deer returned to you so this is the relevant part of the report so let's summarize what happened was the prophet was walking and he saw a deer tied up and the deer called him and the deer said ya rasulullah please let me be free i've got young children that i need to feed if you let me go i will feed the children i will come back so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said would you really come back and the deer said yes so the prophet untied the deer it galloped off and then after a while it came back and the prophet tied the deer up and as he tied the deer up the one who caught the deer he saw the prophet he goes ya rasulullah what brings you here sallallahu alaihi wasallam so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said release the deer so immediately the sahaba goes he goes is released ya rasulullah then when the deer was released the deer said ashhadu wallahi ilaha illallah ashhadu anna muhammadar rasulullah then what happened people stopped there jibril descended on jibril alay salatu wassalam says allah taala gives you salam then what did allah subhanahu wa taala say my mercy for your umma is much more than that deer's love for her children subhanallah so that deer was going to die he knew he was going to be slaughtered but he was thinking of the of her children still he didn't say to the prophet just release me i'm scared of death so how much love did that deer have for the children allah taala says i love your ummah more than that deer loves her children then allah taala said i will hand over the ummah to you in the same way the deer returned to you And what does that mean? The deer promised to come back. Because when you really come back, he goes, "Yes, the deer came back." Allah Taala says, "I'm gonna hand your ummat back to you on the day of judgment." For what? What does that mean? It means you decide. That Allah Alayhi Sallam. So what does that tell you? He's rahmatul alamin. Why? The narration is telling you Allah Taala's love for us is immense, not because of us. It's because of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In another report explaining further, in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad 5-393, Ibn Asakir, Kanzul Umal, number 32,109, Al-Khasais Al-Kubra 2-210, our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Indeed, my Lord, Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, He sought my consultation as regards to my Ummah, that what would He do with them? Let's stop in the report. How strange is this? Does Allah the Almighty and Glorious need to consult? He's consulting. In fact, the Prophet himself said, "I don't need to consult, but I do it to teach you." So let alone Rabbul Alamin. And yeah, this Hadith says, "I'm consulting with you, oh my beloved, and I want to discuss your ummah." I responded, "Oh my Lord, Subhanahu Wa Taala, do as you please." They are your creation and servants, and he said it three times. Do as you please, for they are your creation and servants. Do as you please, for they are your creation and servants. Meaning, why are you consulting with me? Then Allah, the Almighty, responds, "I will indeed never dishonor you, as regards to your ummah, O Ahmad, sallallahu alaihi wasallam." And then the report mentions that four thousand nine hundred million will enter paradise without reckoning. Four thousand nine hundred million, 
have summarized. So now, what's interesting, look at the beautiful way the Prophet responds. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? I'm consulting with your ummah. What should I do with them? You would have expected the Prophet to say, forgive them. He doesn't say that. He goes, do as you please. You created them. They are your servants. And Allah says, I'm never going to dishonor you as regards to your ummah. Meaning, this is why I'm honoring them. Because by dishonoring them, I'm dishonoring you. And then what happened? 4,900 million go to paradise without reckoning. And in another report, in Kanzul Omal, number 39,111 or 7-14, our beloved messenger, he said, وسلم, on the day of resurrection, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, O oh my beloved, وسلم, I will make the decision about your ummah according to whatever you wish. Subhanallah. I وسلم, will say, O oh my Lord, begin the, reco- begin the reckoning. I will repeatedly humbly make this further request until I will ultimately be given a list of those people who are going to hell for whom I will then intercede. And subhanallah, in this way, nobody from my ummah will be left to face the torment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah. So let's look at this. So what does Allah the Almighty and Glorious say? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, oh my beloved, I will make the decision about your ummah according to what you wish. Now look how strange that is. Whatever you want, I will do it for your ummah. And look what the report says. He asks again and again. What's the first thing he asks for? Start the accounts. Meaning people are just, you know, petrified. Start the, you know, the accounts. Then what happens? Other intercessions. He goes, take my ummah into paradise without reckoning. 4,900 million. Then he asks, make the accounts easy. In other words, overlook. Then he asks, these people are deserving of hell. Forgive them. Then he asks, let me take out those of hell, those of hell who are being punished. And what did the Prophet Wasallam say? In this way, nobody from my ummah will be left to face the torment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now, why am I mentioning all this? Because all of this is the commentary of this verse. So Allah doesn't go into details. All he says is, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ We have not sent you, sallallahu alayhi wa but as a mercy for all the realms. He's giving you the answer. The Holy Prophet himself is clarifying upon this mercy. So now, Think of the gifts that Allah Ta'ala has given us. You, know, you don't even appreciate what we've got because of the Prophet So somebody goes, okay, what sort of gifts have we got? And the response is, you know, where do you start? So we've got, first of all, the night of Qadr. One night you worship and you get more reward than worshipping over the thousand months. Khairun min alfi shahr. Imagine which ummat, no ummat had that. How would you feel if he was a previous ummat hearing this? Let's say a person lived, you know, people say people live for thousands of years. Good luck to I'm more than happy to be in this ummat. And he goes, but we can't catch them up. And he goes, why can't we? He goes, they had thousand years. What have we got? 60 to 70. You got the night of Qadr. 
the Prophet وسلم, said, he is truly a loser who does not catch the night of Qadr, meaning you can't be a loser. Because some people sleep through the night of Qadr as well. Astaghfirullah, imagine any one night, you can't even work on that one night. Another gift given to us that wasn't given to the previous ummah. Without water, you're in deep trouble. There's no salat without wudu. We were allowed to use dust, the only ummah. How mercy, how much mercy is that? In fact, one report goes, you could do tayyiman for years on end. Allah Ta'ala will accept. Another gift, spoils of war. The previous ummahs were not allowed to touch the spoils of war. A fire would come from the heavens, it would destroy it. We were allowed the spoils of war. It became the purest wealth. The Prophet wasallam said, my sustenance is under the shade of my spear. So not only it became lawful, it became the most purest wealth because of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then it goes on and on. You know, you look at all the gifts Allah has given us. People in the past, when your line would fall onto their clothing, they couldn't purify it. The clothing had to be cut off wherever the your line went. You could put as much water as you want on it. It cannot be purified. We just wash it. People of all could not pray Salat except in the designated place, the masjid. We can pray whatever we want. Allah has allowed it because of the Prophet so why he's Why do you think that the previous prophets wanted to be in this ummah? You know, prophets, if somebody goes to you, prophets, not sahaba. That would baffle me. Why would the prophets want to be in this ummah? Because they weren't given these gifts. <laughs> think about it. We've been given something or things that even prophets weren't given. What makes us special? Nothing. We're not special. Rasulullah, he's special. Sallallahu alayhi wa but Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala graciously answered the dua of some of the Prophets who lived on into this Ummah. One is Jesus Christ, alayhi salatu wasalam. The other is Khidr, alayhi salatu wasalam. And there's others which there's discrepancy over. So Alhamdulillah, this is partially explaining this, this glorious verse. And there's a report to mention in conclusion. There's a hadith in Tabarani. And it's an authentic hadith. And Aisha radiallahu she once saw the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and he was in a very good mood. So Aisha then said, radiallahu ya Rasulullah, can you please make a dua for my forgiveness? So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he made a dua. And the gist of the dua, he said, Oh my Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala, forgive Aisha radiallahu previous sins, future sins, minor Major. <laughs> Give her a complete purification. So Aisha radiallahu said, I was so ecstatic upon hearing this, my head touched my lap. I was so happy. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he said, Oh Aisha, does my dua make you happy? <laughs> so how is that for an understatement? So Aisha radiallahu said, <laughs> he goes, how could it not make me happy, Ya Rasulullah? You prayed for my complete forgiveness. Oh, Subhanallah, what did the Prophet say? Mm. I make this same dua for my entire ummah after every salat. Oh Aisha. Mm. <coughs> Subhanallah. I make this same dua for my entire ummah after every salat. Oh Aisha. So at least five times a day, mm. he made this dua for us. Mm. So let me ask you a question. Will your dua get answered? Good luck. <laughs> Right? Will Rasulullah's dua get answered? 100%, 110%. How many times did he make a dua for you as an individual for your complete forgiveness? 35 times a week minimum. 
So I don't even know how many times he made that dua. Once is enough. So does that dua get answered? Look at what I've just discussed. Everything comes together when you look at the reports of the Prophet because he's rahmatan lil alameen. And the tragedy of tragedies, have we passed this message on to the non-Muslims? They're talking about Christ, the Lamb of God, he goes, he came down and he did this and he did that, which they lie about. So we, instead of having to go at their fake doctrine, we say, well, we'd like to talk about our Prophet. But do you know about your Prophet? And what shocks me is people just quote the verse. He's a mercy to the world. The person's expecting something now, okay. Well, that's it. That's what you need to know. He's a mercy to the world. Have you done any justice? Allah Ta'ala is highlighting something here, saying, look, you need to understand this. Verse 108. Say what has come to me by revelation is that your God is one God. Will you therefore become Muslims? Look how beautiful. After Allah the Almighty and Glorious says that I have not sent you but as a mercy for all the realms. He then reveals to his beloved, tell them, what has been revealed to me is that your God is one God. Fahal antum muslimun. Won't you become Muslims? So there's actually a formula here. Allah Ta'ala is telling you, first talk about the Prophet. Mention who he is. Mention his mercy, how much of a mercy he is. Then, Talk about what he's telling you. And what did he tell us? There's only one God. Then what does he ask us to become? Muslims. There's the Dawat blueprint. Note he didn't say, not my God. But he said, your God. For there is but one God, the universe, who made and loves and cherishes all. So look how beautiful the continuancy. Allah Ta'ala is not a tribal God. Allah Ta'ala is telling you, I am the Lord of all of you. Meaning, get rid of these false beliefs of yours. So this is the beauty again, i.e. of the divine revelation. So I'll recite the verses. And we will conclude. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ قُلْ إِنَّمَا يُوحَى إِلَيَّ أَنَّمَا إِلَهُكُمْ إِلَهُ وَاحِدٌ فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ We pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes the Qur'an the Rabi of our hearts and we pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He forgives me for any edits which I may have inadvertently ordered.